Welcome to the 12 Days of Podcast. We are on day nine. This series of 12 perfect episodes is brought to you by the good people at Def Jam. Jeezy's new album, Pressure, is everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's on JeezyShop.com. It's in your dreams, and it's there when you wake up. It can be overwhelming. So in these precious moments... When you're listening to our podcast with Scott from HQ between repeated listens of Jeezy's new album, Pressure, why don't you breathe in? Take a moment to yourself. What's going on in your life? What's making you happy? What would make you happier than going to JeezyShop.com today and getting yourself an autographed copy of Jeezy's Pressure? Now breathe out. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day number nine of the 12 Days of Podcast. Jeff, why do we do this to ourselves? We do this to us because we do it for you. If you've got a long holiday season ahead of you, maybe your family's driving you crazy. Maybe you're on a plane ride and it keeps getting delayed and you're stuck in the airport. Maybe you're on a car ride and the kid's throwing up in the back and you just need a place to escape. We are here for you with 12 perfect episodes from a whole range of of people that we know yeah so we're talking people maybe you guys aren't familiar with like a fafu people you might be aware of but don't know their whole story like upscale vandal or t grizzly or maybe they're people that you know so well like chic and styles but you don't know what they would watch on netflix well we have a whole episode for you called two jews and two black dudes review the movies and that episode jeff has taken the fuck off And if you love any of the 12 days of podcasts, or if you love any of the prior 150 episodes that we've done of A Waste of Time with It's The Real, you are going to love our live show happening on January 10th, 2018, right here in New York City at SOBs. Yes, we will be there. We will be on stage doing what we do best being there (laughs) we are going to be telling stories there's going to be music there's going to be comedy it's going to be an unforgettable evening guys make sure that you will be there by getting tickets right now at itsthereal.com before they sell out on today's episode we have hq's scott rogowski now hq is a game that 500,000 people play twice a day including me i i stop everything i'm doing to play this game i have delayed dinners i have been walking into traffic on the street i have not gone out because i've been playing this game and it happens to be hosted by a kid i went to nursery school with scott rogowski and scott you know he's had a long career of making his way very slowly through the new york comedy scene so about four months ago eric and i run into scott on the streets of new york and he says i think i'm done with my time in new york i think i'm moving to la and then He doesn't move to L.A. Yeah, he gets this job with this company called HQ. The app just starts up, and it sort of moves incrementally forward. And the next thing you know, he's interviewed by Page Six. He's interviewed by TV shows. He is all over the place getting recognized everywhere that he goes. And Scott Rogowski, not an overnight success, is an overnight success. Everyone's playing this game, and we wanted you guys to know the full story of Scott Rogowski behind hq jeff when you want to get into this episode right after i say that i love lola is going to be on the podcast tomorrow she's been involved in the careers of french montana the weekend asap rocky drake so many people so 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 many people i love lola she's the best and she'll be on the podcast tomorrow so when you want to get into this right now yo what up it's eric aka handy with the pump aka roto-rooter yo what up it's jeff aka on the rebound aka dennis bodman yo what up it's scott aka woke worry aka regis trilbin aka quiz khalifa aka the trap trebek <laughs> Woo! yeah this is a waste time with this thrill scott what's happening everything's happening man 
Well, first of all, congratulations on everything that's gone on over the last few months. Yeah. Uh, for anyone out there who is unsure of who you are, we're going to get into that today. But we have known you forever. Yeah. Like you and Jeff. We went to nursery school. Went to nursery school. We did. Yeah. Nursery. Yeah. God, we were like three years old. <laughs> I was significantly older. Yeah. I, w- I was 45. Oh, boy. That. Yeah. You were I. We went to nursery school in a sense, but in another sense, it was basically your photo on the wall, and it said, "Avoid this man." You know, what I was, guess it, <laughs> you know. What was pretty great is that uh, you asked us maybe three or four years ago uh, to help out with this um, fundraiser that was going on at that same synagogue, mm-hmm. and we had not been back since I think Jeff was in nursery school oh, or around because you guys were uh, we like, switched we switched sides we went to a different synagogue yeah we no, went to rye no the, 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 what are you, brutus is that judas what's who's the who betrays i don't know i didn't pay attention i so think both actually both of them did yeah, yeah but on our way up there so we we called our mom we're like you'll never believe what we're doing like scott asked us to come up and do this thing and we're gonna you know do some panel stuff and we're also gonna perform she was like as long as you don't perform jews for jesus peace and we're like wearing our jesus pieces in the car we're like yeah no problem like all good and we went up there and performed to total silence nita lowey the the representative from congresswoman nita lowey yeah. like ranking member on the house ways and means committee asleep yeah. she was asleep in the front row <laughs> yeah like average uh audience age probably like dead know, yeah yeah, dead. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nita was just below <laughs> she's just holding on um but all right so usually we ask where you're originally from but i think we know the answer h-town baby yeah harrison harrison the 914 show so it was the you, best jester it was you your mom your dad and then your sister that's right reina she's no longer in the confines of westchester <laughs> she's in scotland right yeah now. i know what is she doing over there living with her husband in I, sin yeah yeah still in sin i know they're married but it's still sinful <laughs> he's, a, he's a he's a native scotsman he's huh? a native scotsman she left a scot for an actual scotsman yeah, yeah. Well. And he's uh well you know I mean I, I just can't believe she married him after after all these years we spent together right. she left me for him it's very traitorous yeah but uh, no he's a math professor at the University of St Andrews wow and, you know fractals he's figuring that, that out yeah. yeah what are you doing with your life <laughs> I just got a pet guinea pig that's what's been going on the last few months I'm training my guinea pig no no for bigger things was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no Take I'm it to uh, the circus yeah I use a guinea pig to. As a guinea pig, a yeah. literal guinea pig. But so, so growing up in Harrison, what was that like for you? Wow, growing up in Harrison, it was a lot of uh, a lot of Italians mm-hmm. causing mischief, <laughs> wreaking havoc. Sure, the Fugazis. Yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can go through a million Italian names, right? <laughs> yeah, the D'Amelias, yeah. the Arcaras, the Delabellas, the Mezzancellos, the Piambinos, the Napolis. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, D'Alessandros. Yeah, Nicky Galasso. Yeah. Uh, a lot of names there. We, pr- we should probably bleep all those out because these are real people we're talking about. That's right. No, you, I mean you know it. You grew up with me, so yeah. Harrison is one of these weird towns because people think Westchester. They think you know the Tony suburbs, Scarsdale, Larchmont. Right. You know, they, they think we all have mansions on the water. Harrison's more of a working class. Community. Harrison's a bit of a, but you know, Harrison. Don't get me wrong. Definitely has its you know s- mansions. It's sure. Sterling Ridge yeah. area. Yeah. What it doesn't have is culture. <laughs> It doesn't have too much culture, except for Italian culture. I mean, the yeah, Italian yeah. community is the bedrock of Harrison. You know, it's I, great to live in Harrison Day. It is. It's yeah, basically I, Columbus Day Parade. That, yeah. that is what yeah. it is. I, I would tell people a lot. I was like, you know, for a big part of our lives, we were very Italian. Like, yeah. you know, we, our, our food choices, our friends, like, it was very Italian. I mean, they're probably... Seen Goodfellas. There you go. Good, <laughs> Goodfellas, like, in school, they played that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they played that in home ec. I played, I played, um, I played Little League Baseball with... 
uh, Vinny the Chin Gigante. You remember him? He was the mobster who played crazy. He walked around the Lower East Side yeah. in a robe. Yeah. So that like the feds would think like, oh, he's legitimately right. crazy. But you didn't play with him. You played with. I played with his nephew. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, his yeah, nephew, yeah. Vinny the Chin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There was. I mean, we probably had more pizza places per capita. Yeah. Pizzerias. You know. Did you have a favorite? I was always partial to the Harrison Pizza Shop. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. right next to the, on, on the same block as the post office. Yeah, they might have changed their names. Yeah. but there were Sophia's, which I never really liked. Oh mm-hmm. damn, I never really liked that. Sophia's. We're gonna have to bleep out. Yeah, cause really. Sophia <laughs> listens to the podcast. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh, there's Sal's and Marinick. Well, Sal's and Marinick takes the cake. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, I could, I guess we could count that as Harrison and <laughs> yeah. Marinick yeah, adjacent. I mean, yeah, these are all like small. You know, the borders don't matter. <laughs> yeah, this is pizza. I don't without, know what your political views are. Pizza, <laughs> pizza without borders. Yeah. So um. So yeah, no, you played Little League. Of course, played Little League. Polaris Pythons. There you go. Uh, what are the other? I don't know, I forget the names, but Polaris. Vito Polera, one of my my best friend from kindergarten through third grade. Vito Polera. Yeah. I mean, talk about Italian. He moved down to Florida with his family after that. Oh, whoa! So you. He was in some stuff. <laughs> I mean, his dad was in construction. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, just going to yeah, say that. Yeah, Putting yeah, that yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Dad was in the concrete business. <laughs> um, love you, Vito. He's yeah. he's married now. Everyone's married, by the way, except us. Well, well, you got your guinea pig. I do have my yeah. <laughs> Which is a actual twenty-six-year-old woman that yeah. I'm treating as my guinea pig for relationships. Again, bigger things. <laughs> bigger things. I'm like, if I, yeah, I don't know. If I kiss her, she becomes a woman. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like a toad, but uh, yeah. We, why aren't we married? Should we talk about that? Just in general. Yeah, like I, three of us. We're married to the life. We're, we are. Yeah. Ma- and that's but that's part of it. It is. Would part you not of it. say? I would. I would. How has being it's the real uh, hindered you from relationships? Oh, we can't go down this road. I know. Right yeah. We can't. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Cut, cut. Um, in general, in general. Uh, so growing up in Harrison, yeah. you had a good time. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty well adjusted, had a great family, uh, you know, great friends. Um, we got into mischief. You know, it was a lot of a lot of water balloon launchers mm-hmm. were involved. And uh, I mean, these kids, bad influences, man. We Kids would like spray trees with, you know, hairspray and then light them on fire. And what? Watch, yeah, you know. Oh, like, like actual mischief. Yeah. Like, actual, actual mischief. Wait, no, was this I mean. you? This was me kind of just hanging around, you know. Were you the leader? Yeah. No, so that's the thing. I definitely wasn't. I was much the follower. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. the kid going, I felt like back to school specials. I'd be the guy going, this doesn't seem like a good idea, guys. <laughs> you know, I'd be hanging back. Like, I- I'm not a chicken. You're a turkey. Like, yeah. that was me. I was right. the guy doing that. I was with it until the fire. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fire. I mean, I was a bit of a pyro growing up. Now that I think about it, and like a destructive kid. Well, you were just like in a like a witch's coven. <laughs> we sacrificed. I mean, look, there was a Christian baby every Hanukkah, yeah, I and mean, that was yeah. part of it. Now I'm starting to get the idea of what the gerbils for. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I think about it a lot. There was there was pyromania happening. Wow, pyromania and, and destruction. Like we would, my friends and I would take like bowling balls and smash die cast cars in the backyard oh. and just we'd smash things. Yeah. Out of pure boredom, I guess, or, or a, a fascination with how things work. I was like breaking no, things. No, don't and make it like together. science. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like we were all about the process of, <laughs> right. like, you it's know, the learning. process. Yeah. Like, how do we put these things back together? It was more just like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah, fire, yeah. fire, <laughs> fire. Yeah, that was like I was a Beavis and Butthead acolyte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Although I, I thought, I thought those. Uh, it went too far when people were starting, you know, killing frogs with baseball bats. That was remember great. that whole thing. Yeah. No, Never. no, just light some trees on fire. That's much more. <laughs> yeah, you know, the trees, they have bark. They can handle it. That's sure. what bark's for. It's like cars with bumpers. That's what the bumpers are for. Don't get mad at me for your fender bender. That's right. It's a bumper. You bump into it. That's right. So, I may have been in a fender bender recently. Yeah. So by, by the time you get into middle school, where are you going to school? So I left Harrison Avenue School yeah, we in fifth noticed. grade. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I missed you guys at Louis M. Klein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, went to Horace Mann. Okay, and what's the big change there? Big change is private school, Park Avenue kids. Um, you know, it was a it was a, it was in the Bronx, as yeah. we like to say, right? Mm-hmm. AKA Riverdale, yeah, mm-hmm. which is barely the Bronx. <laughs> uh, it's weird because Riverdale's like nicer than Yonkers and nicer than the Bronx, but it's in the middle of the two, right? Riverdale, you know, it has Fieldston, Riverdale, Horace Mann, the, the Hill schools, that's right, country prep schools, and I, you know, my dad went to Horace Mann. He just sent me there. I didn't have You're a choice. Legacy. Yeah. I was a legacy. I didn't, frankly, have a choice. He's like, yeah, you're going to Horace Mann. And I'm like, oh, but all my friends are here at Harrison. Tough so life. it yeah, was... but they were bad influence. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh, God, Nicky Fugazi. Can I just say <laughs> one thing about Nicky Fugazi? And I think he's turned into a good kid now. But he is responsible for the death of my hermit crab, Whoa. Sammy. Was it Buse and Butthead style? I know. It was more reckless than that. It was pure sadism. Mm. This guy, I mean, I was taking my hermit crab out for a walk with Nikki yeah. in the driveway. Like, sure. you know, like as, as, as you hermit do, crabs like to do. Let the hermit crab get some air. He's cooped up in that little cage all day. So we're he's having a little walk in the driveway. And I, I guess I was running to the, the garage to get something. Lo and behold, my dad comes home early from work. He never came home early. The Ferris one day. day off. <laughs> yeah, Marty Rogowski's day off. Yeah. He's coming home. Nikki is standing with, with the crab in the driveway. My dad's rolling in. He makes eye contact with me. I, see, I can see him still waving to me out the car window as Nikki's going, getting all giddy, looking down, and the car runs right over oh. the hermit crab, right over Sammy, splat, donezo, goner. And this is Nikki's fault. And it's Nikki's just laughing like a maniac. So he's Beavis. He is, yeah, he is just. And well, your butthead. And I was heartbroken. <laughs> and my dad, of course, is the murderer right. in all this. <laughs> You know, I guess vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, I don't know. We, they threw the book at him. I really don't know how you can like sort of <laughs> grow up in that family, reconcile. I, I, but yeah. that was. But really, I put the blame. I put it all on Nikki because yeah. he could have easily said, "Stop, stop, stop!" You know, yeah. or scooped Sammy up and put him in the grass. Right. Took um, the hit himself. Yeah. Took the hit. You know, <laughs> take a tire, <laughs> take a tire for Sammy. So Nikki Fugazi, if you're listening, man, and I know you do. Right. Loyal listener. I heard he went on to Towson and went and was diving in college. I think he's doing okay. Now. Where'd you go? Oh, so he he dives now. Yeah. He dives. He was like a diver. Yeah. He always had wide Just shoulders. Dive in front of the car. No, exactly. Right. God. So yeah, no. So from Harrison, I went to Horace Man, and that was an adjustment. I mean, being the Westchester kid, you know, you're bust in 25 minutes away, and all your friends live in the city now, and like you don't you don't hang out with them really after school. They're all going back to their they're fun parties and they're they're nannies, just, yeah. they're, yeah, they're nannies exactly <laughs> yeah. are you still mischievous you know I, I sort of gave that streak up a little bit um, but no, no tax on the chairs of the teacher or yeah I never really oh god you know what it's so crazy because I just was telling before this the mics went on I went to the doctor about my ear yes I have what's called a colostiotoma in my right ear. This is breaking news. This could be on TMZ. Yeah. I mean, you're making headlines all over the place. Making so headlines. Yeah. Scott, Ray, host of HQ, has colostiotoma. It's not cholesterol-related. It's like a cyst in my middle ear. And my doctor today was telling me I need to have surgery, blah, blah. And he's like, I, I said, how does this happen? I mean, my left ear's fine, my right ear. And I, I was thinking about it, and I told him, well, there's one story <laughs> from when I was, again, not that even, not that young. I was like 18, 19. I graduated high school, I guess, and was working for... Paul Handler's Ice Company. Wow. The Ice Factory. Saxony Ice in Mimarinic. We know the Handlers. Uh, yeah, yeah, which then became Arctic Glacier. They bought big conglomerate, bought them out. But Saxony Ice, I worked there for my summers after high school and after freshman year of college, delivering ice on the trucks. One of the best jobs ever, especially for a summer job. Yeah. yeah. The coolest job you can have, <laughs> wink, wink. You're in the back yeah. of an ice truck. You're filling up gas station ice boxes, bodega ice boxes. We went to City Island, the Bronx, all through Westchester. But uh, we had this fun, we, you know, me and the other guys who worked there, all these like Jamaican guys basically, um, we, they, they taught me how to make dry ice bombs. And 
Yeah, you take because we sold dry ice. You take a little bit of dry ice, you put it in a Poland Spring plastic bottle with some water, close the cap, and that would uh, the carbon dioxide reaction would expand, expand, expand. The bottle expands to the point of bursting, explodes, Psh, huge loud noise, and you know it's not going to cause too much damage, but it's just again, it's you put in some bushes and you watch the flowers blow up. Right. So we make some of these around the uh, the factory. I took a little dry ho- dry ice home once, made my own bomb at home, threw it into the bushes. It didn't go off, but it was, you know, pregnant with all this air. I walked up to it, and as soon as I touched it, it exploded in my hand. Whoa. Ripped up my hand a little bit, but more importantly, it blew out my hearing. You ever see The Hurt Locker? Yeah. You know, those movies, you know, like yeah. the bomb goes off in the movies, and, yeah, goes, and that, that kind of like high-pitched tone? Yeah. I felt that. Holy, it was like was a bomb going. in slow motion after yeah, that? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like definitely like a concussive force, and... You know, I I lost my hearing for a good few hours. I thought I was going to be deaf. Like yeah. I thought I lost my hearing forever. I was freaked out. Yeah. Thankfully, I woke up the next day. It started to get better. But for, that was 14 years ago, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, that could have done it. That could have blown out some your eardrum, and then some skin got caught back there, and then it healed. But that skin over time built up into a cyst, and now it's eating into your brain, and now you have to have surgery." Thanks, Nikki Fugazi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. It, it all goes back to Nikki Fugazi still somehow. <laughs> Wow. But isn't that nuts? So I was mischievous and I had this weird streak where just like, why was I doing that? Why was I alone by myself playing with dry ice bombs? There was no reason to do this. I think I just figured out why you're not married. <laughs> yeah, it's my dry ice collection. So by the time you get into high school, you're probably more settled in. You have a better idea of where you want to go, what you want to do. Yes. You no, know, not really. I was, I was, I was. Good I was, student? I was, I guess like. I you think were a student. I was a student. <laughs> yeah. I was I was the kind of kid, and I, I did have this breakthrough recently, and I guess I could share it with you guys. Why not? We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. Um, I this came to me in sort of a weird dream. I talked to my therapist about it, and I, and I figured it out. You know, I was put on this path in kindergarten, the advanced path, right? The special group, the gifted and talented. They gave mm-hmm. me the extra workbook. Yep. Mm-hmm. I had the red workbook. Everyone else had the blue one. Kin- right. So even in kindergarten, going back then, I was separate from the group. They knew that you were a nerd. Exactly, and I was—I had glasses. That yeah, was all you needed back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I had 80s. signifier. It was the eight. Yeah, yeah, it was like four eyes. I was four <laughs> eyes. I had my glasses. There you go. Yeah. Big red Egon frames, Doctor Spangler mm-hmm. frames, and um, I was accelerating this path and all through elementary school. And that's why you know part of that was over because you know Horace Mann, you're so smart. But you know, my parents held me back in nursery school mm-hmm. because I was guess I was friends with the younger kids more. For whatever reason, they held me back to the younger kids so I could be older in my class than younger. I was right. sort of a December birthday on that yeah, cusp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about all this, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I was all that smart. I was just a little older than everybody else. I was probably a little more developed mentally mm-hmm. than my classmates. So, of course, I'm going to be a better reader if I have like eight months on them right. of reading. <laughs> and then on top of that, you know, it just kept going. Oh, yeah, math, all that stuff. But then I got to Horace Mann, private school. Well, now all these kids are super smart and, and algebra. Once graphs started entering the equation, I was like, I don't know this at all. Yeah. Like, I'm actually, I don't think I am gifted and talented. But, of course, I had to put on that face and stay with it. And, and I just think that whole idea of being told, oh, you're so special, you're so smart my whole life. As a kid, it sort of warped me in a way. And then I started to realize, I'm not actually that good at this stuff. But I have to kind of get by somehow. So that's where I think the comedy really kicked in because it's a compensation right it's like oh i'm not gonna actually write this paper but i'll write a funny paper right right. and that'll get a b yeah you know like i'll skate by on b minuses and b's yeah but like a funny b (laughs) a funny b yeah when did you first notice that you were yeah (laughs) when did you first notice that you were funny when i first noticed i mean that's a weird question because like i I don't know I, i definitely have memories of doing things like uh 
making a Silence of the Lambs parody during Passover. And this must have been 1991, <laughs> right, when the movie Did came out? Did you start out? eating one of your relatives? No, lamb shank, Jeff. It oh. was, yeah, Silence of the Paschal Lambs. Yeah, yeah, Eric yeah, picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> he picked up what I was putting down. Yeah, Eric, Silence Eric's of the more cerebral than yeah. I am. You're a left brain thinker? Yeah, yeah. I'm also the young December, so I went the other way. I, right. was, I was the younger kid. Oh, in the, yeah. Catching mm-hmm. up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Silence of the Paschal Lambs. I shot this on a little camcorder, and, I, you know, there wasn't much of a parody other than the name. Where'd you show it? Uh, to my to my grandma, who you know did she laugh? Didn't really get. Did it, it go viral? I don't think she saw the source <laughs> material. It did, yeah, it did. the bronchitis went viral. Her bronchitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I made like I would sketch little cartoons and and sell them to my relatives for wow. like a dollar, dollar seventy five. Yeah, I, I was always an entrepreneur. Yeah, capitalist. But you know, so I was definitely like a business oriented kid. I I, I would like go to the Poconos on vacation and I'd find a little baby turtle in the pond and I'd sell it to some other kid for eight bucks. What? Yeah. I smart man. I was cutting Petland discounts left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was in school in sixth grade. I was selling Coca Colas to my classmates. Oh, I definitely we, thought that that yeah. was going to go in a different yeah. direction. Coke dealer <laughs> slinging snowflakes by yeah. the OZ. No, not quite. But I was selling because it was a Pepsi school. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you had that Pepsi contract. Right. Kids wanted Coca Cola, so I'd go to CVS, get the discount twelve racks, and I'd go there with a little cooler, and I'd sell them to my friends. I made little frequent flyer cards. You can punch holes. <laughs> I swear, kidding. man. No, I'm not kidding at all. What'd you do with the money? You know, but baseball cards. Yeah. 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 Charity era. Yeah, charity. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I was investing in Bitcoin back then. Yeah, and now exactly. I'm a Smart trillionaire. Man. Exactly. Uh, did you see it? Did you by the way, trillionaire or a, a zero, yeah, you know, billionaire. Depends on. Yeah. What's going on with Bitcoin now? Is it, is right it, now? Right now. What's it at? It's probably like $15. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no way, dude. I think it's at like yeah. 3.5 mil. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just. It's one or the other. It's one all made up, other. right? It's like Schrodinger's <laughs> yeah. cat, right? It's like in the box. Like you, you, as soon as you try to cash out the Bitcoin, it'll disappear. What yeah. kind of baseball cards get run over by your dad? Yeah. yeah. What What kind of baseball cards did you have? Were oh, you buying new ones still or have. were you going to Westchester County Center? Westchester the- County Center. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the trade show. For the trade shows, dude. 1993. Guess who I autographed? I got in 1993. Bobby Bonilla. No. no, dude. We're talking Hall of Famers, okay? <laughs> it was three autographs for $95, which at the, at the time was like a lot of money, man. Yeah, right. Mickey Mantle. Wow. Duke Snyder. Willie Mays. Wow. Yes. All three. I got photos with amazing. them. Amazing. It is amazing. Still and have those. I still have the photos, the autographs. Of course, I was, you know. The autograph cards or baseball? So I was nine years old, and I wasn't quite thinking long-term yeah. uh, investment opportunities. If I got them all on signed baseballs, you know, the Mantle's probably worth 300 400 Maze, three. I mean, I would have had thousands of dollars worth of memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I had this book, this book <laughs> called Golden Age of Baseball, which I just loved. And there's a page that has a photo of Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, and I thought it'd be cool to get them both signed this thing. So they're signed. They signed a page in this book, which I guess I could cut out and frame as a photo, but it's really right. I fucked up. It was Duke yeah. Snyder just like what the hell? Like Duke <laughs> Snyder. He also got signed the book. There's a smaller photo of him in the book, which is worth even less. And now yeah. the two of the three are dead. So would you, would you, <laughs> you know, see what happens? Yeah. 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 Uh, would you get Beckett? Uh, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Beckett Monthly. Yeah. I wrote into Beckett. I got published as a letter in Beckett Monthly. No kidding. Wait, you, was it like an angry to, letter? It was <laughs> yeah. not an angry letter. Actually, this goes to show my true baseball nerddom. I was I identified a signed baseball. Someone had sent in a photo of some signed baseball in an earlier issue and said, I don't know who these autographs these are. And with my keen eye, I figured it out, wrote it into the Beckett. Who and was published it? it. Eric, can't, we can't tell you. Okay. At this point, that's highly confidential. Go back to the yeah. June 1995 issue. Yeah. Derek Jeter's on the cover. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I was um, I was big into that. I still have so many cards. Nomar Garcia Perra was my guy. Well, 
how much are those cards worth right uh, now? You know, not much. Yeah. And there's some bad stories that goes along with that. I don't know how many of your listeners care about baseball card you stories. Know what? If, if he wasn't traded to the Dodgers right Dude. before they won the World Series. Oh, <laughs> that killed me. Killed me. No ma with the Red Sox. I have like 325 Nomar cards. I'm not kidding. You were a Red Sox fan or just I was a, a Nomar, Nomar fan? guy. And that bled into the Red Sox. I, I was a Mets fan. Yeah. And Yankee. I'm like, I'm going to be honest. Everyone's like, oh, I Mets. Of course, 96, I was a Yankees fan. Oof. That was amazing. That was an incredible <laughs> year. That was an incredible Get year. Out. <laughs> How did you not like the Yankees in '96? Because we were Mets yeah. fans. Okay, but <laughs> actually, that time I was a Rockies fan, which is I was a Rockies it. fan too. I yeah. dude, I was a fan of all of it. I had a Rockies hat. <laughs> I have a photo on my phone I could show you. Rockies hat, Rockies shirt from '93. They hadn't even played a game yet, and yeah. I was decked out in Rockies gear. I also went to the first Marlins Mets series ever at wow. Shea Stadium. I got wow. a pennant from that. But no, I love baseball, and I just loved the inaugural teams and, and expansion teams. But Nomar. So my dad had a Tom Seaver. Rookie card, 1967 tops, yeah. which is like one of the most valuable rookie cards. It's a high number card, scarce, very good condition. We went up to Cooperstown. This must be like 97, 98. Nomar was super hot. And we traded, my dad, with his blessing, traded this Tom Seaver card for like a rare Nomar card and a few Holy others, which shit. at the time, the Nomar card was like $100. Now you're lucky to get two bucks for it on eBay. You know, meanwhile, the Seaver's like three, $400 card. Yeah. You know, I, your dad felt bad that he ran over the hermit crab, and he's just like he'll do anything for me. So for his 65th birthday, I think I bought him back the card. No kidding. on eBay. Yeah, Tom Seaver, amazing. Card. I know. I finally felt like I completed the circle. That's really did you great also of you. get him? Did you throw in a Nomar card? There's a Nomar. <laughs> yeah, go get your shine box. I don't know. You know, the Nomar stuff. It's not valuable, but to me, I was looking through it today actually. Yeah. Because I live at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I live with my baseball cards yep. in a giant bathtub, yeah. like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> With baseball cards, That's I just right. swim through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have way too much crap, man. I'm trying to sell it off. I, no one wants it. It's not valuable. Does Nomar want it? Nomar doesn't want it. <laughs> and then I started collecting Pedro Alvarez cards more recently because I went to high school with Pedro Alvarez. No kidding. Mm-hmm. He was the only horse man, or actually there's been a second one since, to be drafted by baseball. Second overall pick in 2008. Wow. Pittsburgh Pirates. So when that happened, even in 2008, yeah, I'm still buying cards. I'm on eBay buying up every Pedro card I can find, spending hundreds of dollars. And You're now a he's out of the league. at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But now he's like out of the league. Right. And, you know, all that stuff's worthless. So <laughs> I've made poor, poor investments in baseball. All right. So, end, end of high school, where are you thinking your life is going to go? End of high school, I had yet to do stand up, but I did become student body president. What'd you run on? On the basis of my funny speeches. So, yeah. this is like proto stand up. I yeah. mean, I, I uh, what really, my friend Mark Freeman, Baruch Hashem. I mean, he's not dead, but he did move to Israel. Okay. He made Aliyah. So he's dead to me. Uh, Mark Friedman, Moshe Friedman, did stand up when he was 16 at the Comic Strip Live. Now, this was sort of a catalyst. We all went to see him. He took one of those classes. And he did a bringer crowd. He did a bringer crowd. Yeah, but at 16, it was like, a, I guess, a special thing for young kids. My friends and I went, and we were like, holy shit, Mark just got on stage and did stand up. Like, Was 16-year-old Mark funny? He was pretty funny. I mean, okay. we all had this humor magazine going at the time in Horace Man, and uh, what was it called? The Roar. I came up with the name. We there were the Horace Man Lions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought the Roar was like, like you know, a nice play on laughter. Mm-hmm. Lions roaring. You yeah. get it again. Yeah, yeah, Eric's yeah. always on <laughs> on board with me. I love it. It's I'm a like, December thing. It's a Sagittarius like, thing. You know. You know. But why? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like Katy Perry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. So it's just uh, it was like the three or four of us that got got this humor magazine together. We, you know, we're all sort of funny and weird and kind of outcast kids, but like I was able to float through high school, different, different social groups. I was never really, you know, certainly not part of the jocks, although I played baseball, was mm-hmm. Catherine senior year. There yeah, you go. no big deal. Certainly wasn't a preppy kid, although I could, you know, roll with those kids. There was like the, you know, the real kind of junky kids who mm-hmm. smoked mm-hmm. and skateboarded and stuff. And I, you know, 
My, one of my really good friends in sixth grade was one of those guys with the Jinko jeans yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Smashing Pumpkins t-shirts. You and, were a dabbler. Yeah. I mean, I just never really found my, my crew, you know? Um, and uh, But eventually, by senior year, I had built up enough, you know, school-wide notoriety or cred or whatever it was that people were like, you should run for student body president. And, like, strangers were saying, you should run. And I'm like, really? Okay. So I ran. And Did I, you think it was going to be like a carry situation where, like, you end up on stage and then... Right, like and then the blood the, falls yeah, on the you. Blood. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking that <laughs> there was because I was the kid who was running without any governing council experience. You know, everyone else was like, oh my, on, god. Oh my god, yeah, you're Trump. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I was the Trump of my high school. Basically, I didn't release my taxes. Yeah, did you shit on Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is no. I come on. I know. I mean, I was shitting on the Mexican food they were serving yeah, yeah, on yeah, Thursdays because yeah, 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 that yeah. was a. Oh, call that a burrito? Yeah. Get that out of here. I, I ran on, on improving the cafeteria, recycling. Really? I was big recycling did guy. Did you mean it? On the green party. Yes. Yeah. You know what I did? God bless me. <laughs> I recycled, because this is when Bloomberg shut down recycling for a while yeah. in the city. Yeah. So within city limits, which Horseman was, no recycling. <laughs> However, in Westchester, still recycled plastic bottles and cans. So I went through the garbage. I bought gloves, sanitation gloves. I would pick through the garbage and recycle these bottles and cans. So was someone taking your pictures? And pocket the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all like a photo no, op. But it was all for the money. I mean, I, yeah. made like, I made like 400 bucks recycling cans. <laughs> all the money that you lost on a Nomar Garcia pad. Right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. I sound like such a shyster, right? Well, everything's just for money. Uh, I mean, the real big thing that was horrible was that you were then burning it up with the trees. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you know, I Never guess I was, making, the earth. I was making my penance, I guess. I was. Um, so did you have a slogan? I did. My slogan was... Have an issue? Need a tissue? Vote Scott Rogowski. And I gave out little <laughs> tissue boxes. And I gave out candy. I was bribing. It was like, you know, Tammany Hall. Yeah. It was like, you know. It's a different time. I mean, Mayor Daly, the Chicago machine. It was yeah. machine politics. For its scandals. It was machine politics. <laughs> but to this day, I have kids who are like, yeah. Yes, definitely. I guess by... I, like, I mean, look, I feel a little left out by, of that, by the way, the whole molestation thing. You know, my... You know, my dad went horseman when that was happening, and then it was happening after I left, but not, not when you. I was there. I think I got nothing. Not yeah. even like a prolonged hug. Nope. Nothing inappropriate. That's terrible. I feel a little, a little left out. Yeah. There. What'd you pay all that money for? Exactly. You know what I'm paying a year to, to get? I just want a little touch, <laughs> a little something. The bad touch. I want to feel. I want to feel. <laughs> yeah, so, you want something to talk about with your therapist. Uh, so yeah. when when did you when did you uh, so student? Yeah, student body president. And that was me on stage giving speeches to like you know, hundreds of people, and people were laughing, and that felt good. Well, did I you won. know you're gonna win? I was a there was a runoff. I mean, it came down oh. to the wire, man. I was I ran off against this guy named Garth Sheldon Coulson, who again, I mean, first count. of all, first let's, of all, let's be real. Yeah. That kid's like, not winning. He's either gonna be like a senator or a serial killer with yeah. that name. Right. You should have run on Garth Barf. Garth. <laughs> Garth Sheldon Coulson. He went to like Swarthmore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had all the governing council experience. He was very a dreamer. serious. Yeah. yeah. A dreamer. And I was just there like an anarchist just to blow the whole thing up. <laughs> right. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. I became student body president and th people love my speeches. Um, well, what does a student body president actually do? Mostly give speeches at the <laughs> school wide assemblies. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the big thing. And then, you know, you sort of are the liaison between the faculty or the, the administration. But I, I don't know. Did I you mean, speak at your graduation? I, I, my graduation, I might have. I definitely had a little letter in the yearbook from yeah. the student body president. I, I might have spoke. But my speeches, people still come up to me. I have kids like who are, were in seventh grade or eighth grade at the time. They're like, I voted for you. You were hilarious. You were student body president. I mean, Crazy. You know, strangers. Amazing. Uh, it is amazing. So I guess I had an impact on people. Yeah. But from there, I went to college. Well, you went to Johns, Johns Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, it was. I, I got into four schools. Okay. I didn't really take the college process too seriously. 
Well, know. Johns Hopkins is nothing to laugh. Yeah, at. it's I a mean. good school. I, 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 yeah, how could you be a comedian? <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. I didn't think I was going. Into Were you there comedy. to play lacrosse? <laughs> I was there to play. I, I played lacrosse. I became a doctor. Yeah, I did yeah. it all. I'm a lacrosse playing doctor. <laughs> but no, I didn't do any of that stuff. Every, everyone else was doing that, and I was there just to, I, I you know, eat crab, <laughs> like crab toast. You know, crab flavor chips. Yeah. Is is it? Yeah. Oh, crab, with the hermit yeah. crab. I know. I mean, God, Sammy. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. I don't want to yeah. eat Sammy, but no. I mean, these you know these Maryland blue crabs were delicious. I, I they did, had that at the cafeteria. Nah, no. <laughs> yeah. God, the food at Hopkins was brutal. Really? Oh, yes. How what do they call it? Ta- oh, it was Terrace Terrace Cafeteria. Terrace was no, the nickname. No. You know, every school's got their own fun nicknames. Sure. Terrace. <laughs> Because it's true, it tore your ass up. Was there a was there an on campus comedy scene? No, man. We're talking about Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, yeah. like the place that people put as a placeholder for you know. Oh, he's a doctor. He's a smart nerd. <laughs> right. No, there was none of that. But formative freshman year, there was a guy named Dana Dute. Do you know this guy, Dana <clears throat> Dute? He's a comedian. He was on Bajillion Dollar Properties on CISO recently. That's his most recent credit. He wrote for Cranky Anchors, I think. But mm-hmm. he was a stand up. I think he still does stand up. He went to Hopkins, and he was the freshman year entertainment, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So he was a stand-up comedian who went to Hopkins doing comedy. You know, the comedy was all right. Like, he had a couple funny jokes, but um, it was it was like, oh, my God, this guy, like, is actually doing well. He's out in L.A. He's got a career, and that was, uh, you know, that was kind of cool to see that. I, again, I had not done stand-up myself yet, but um, all these little things started building up, and then sophomore year, I took a class. At Hopkins, it was called the Stand-Up Comic in Society. It was the first year they ever offered it, taught by a grad student who was doing comedy on the side in D.C., and the final project was five minutes of material in front of you know an audience. Whoa. So that, I finally you know kicked myself into gear. I was like, look, you know, Mark did it. This guy, Dan Adut, is doing it. I mean, I loved comedy. I've you know always watched Comedy Central, all those premium blends and half-hour specials. and Well, besides... SNL. Putting you up for those five minutes at the end of the, yeah. the school year. What does an academic class do for you, like in terms of comedy? So it was an intercession course, which is like a from January to you know basically the month of January. They have something called intercession at Hopkins, where it's optional. You don't have to go. You can take a few extra credits. So it was a two credit class, mm-hmm. and I decided to stay on campus and do this thing. So it was mostly watching tapes from. Uh, you know, evening at the Improv yeah. and Richard Pryor's Live at the Sunset Strip and Carlin and Richard Belzer and, and stuff and we taking just, notes, taking notes and workshopping stuff, writing material every week. I think it met weekly, twice weekly. We kind of everyone get up and tell a few jokes and the teacher we sort of talk it out. That's a great escape. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was and they still the guy Adam still was doing it ten years later. I went back for the ten year anniversary. And I performed. No kidding with the kids and I mean, I don't. I don't know. There was another kid from in my year, Nathan Min, who now went on to write for Jimmy Fallon Tonight wow, Show, and wow. he's at UCB, became like this big improv guy. That one intercession. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Like for two kids to come out of that doing comedy professionally is pretty amazing. And there are a couple other people, some guy working on Late Night with Seth Meyers, I think. So, you know, that was uh, that started it all. After that, he advertised, Adam advertised around campus, and I didn't think many people would show up. 300 people showed up, packed this little theater. We all did it. He sort of put me in. I was the last comic to go on. I guess he sort of knew I had the best material. I don't know. You want to say for that? There was a guy after me who did magician, magic as well. Wow. You oh. can't follow a magician. No. no. So I was the, 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 the last comic. There was the last guy did comedy and magic. Uh, so this is your first time on stage? First time. You know, not on stage because I had done the student body. Okay. But first time doing stand-up yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. in front of a crowd. Were and you nervous? I remember 
probably being nervous. I remember, I can remember what I wore. There's like gray sweater. And I remember there, there was so packed. There were kids sitting on the stage around me. I was looking around. I mean, it was overflowing. And the laughs, dude. Like, because this is college. Right. So the jokes weren't, I mean, I'll give you one of the first jokes I ever wrote. It yeah. was, um, at what point does a Richard become a dick? <laughs> Like, when does a Richard decide, you know what, Richard's not good enough, call me Dick. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't seem necessary. It doesn't seem right. We all know what Dick is now. Why would you go? It's like a Rachel going, I don't like Rachel, call me Vagina. Like, bad joke. Huge laugh. Yeah. Right. Because these are 19-year-old kids who think that's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. So those kind of jokes were killing. And then afterwards, again, people are coming to me going, holy cow, have you done this before? I was like, no, you should do this. You should do this more. Keep doing it. You were funny. I was like, really? I mean... I, the first time I was getting praise from strangers, and uh, you said okay, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should follow this. So I, two weeks later, I did an open mic in D.C. Same material. Where tanked, Soho Tea and Coffee, in Dupont Circle. Wait, area. did it, did you tank because everybody had already seen it? No, I tanked <laughs> because this was this was a whole new crowd. It was a coffee house crowd, not college students, not paying attention really. They on weren't their into the Rachel vagina jokes. <laughs> not into Rachel vagina. You know, I've punched that joke up over the years because yeah. vagina just you know, call me. Twat. Is that better? Is that better? Call me. I think it might be. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. I, mean, I don't Let's know. just go around the room. Yeah. yeah. Can we, yeah. Can we get what a poll? Yeah. Rachel's not good. Call yeah. me Punani. So. <laughs> so. Okay, that one got me. Yeah. 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 So you you tanked that second performance. And I learned my first lesson about audiences, you know, which pisses me off because Jerry Seinfeld in the documentary Comedian, mm-hmm. I think he makes a point saying. It's not about, you can't blame the audience. It's not the audience, it's the comedian. You, know, you can't blame. No, dude. First of all, you're Jerry Seinfeld. All your audiences are great. Right. If you're a complete nobody, yes, it helps if there are 300 college kids amped up who had just had seen 20 other, oh yeah, 20 other comedians went before me warming the place up. Forgot to mention that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's going to be different than a cold Whoa. Monday night coffee house crowd. I mean, they're either warming you up or exhausting the crowd. Yeah. Like, they could be tired by the end of that, and they're True. just like, you know, I mean, you're the last guy. Late, but then they get delirious, and they're just, you know. They're, the, their... they're all waiting for the magician. Yeah. And they were all probably high. I mean, it was college. So, But the point is, audiences do matter. And don't tell me they don't. I mean, I've done plenty of shows where you can tell. You can just tell the energy of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys perform live. Yes. If the energy's not coming off you, you're gonna. It's, it changes your performance. Right. I'm right. not the kind of guy, and I wish I were better, to overcome that. Some people can just go out there with it's front of three people, three hundred people, and just put on the same show. Yeah. But no, if there are thirteen people in the crowd, yeah, it's not gonna go well for me. Oh, I because just, you're superstitious. Because I'm yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirteen. I don't go thirteenth floors. Right. No, but it's it's just about like I need to have that cascading laughter. I need to be laughed at. I need the energy in the room, but just feel the electricity. So and, how do you rebound? You know, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just you just hope the next crowd's better. Like I I, I don't know. I I had some pretty you know. So I've started. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but like I've had these. I was doing this talk show called Running Late with Scott Rogowski. Mm-hmm. I nice still plug. sort of do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> plug for nothing. There's no dates on the books. Uh, running Late with Scott Rogowski. Runninglateshow.com. Mm-hmm. Which has not you been do updated in four months. Yes, he's my sidekick. And you yeah. are Scott Rogowski. I am Scott Rogowski. So I've been doing this for six years. On my three-year anniversary show at Littlefield. I had booked the Lucas Brothers, Josh Gondelman, a couple other people. Lucas Brothers canceled me day of. Mm. Whatever. I get there. Littlefield, big place. We, I mean, I had Steve Buscemi there with 320 people packed out. Three-year anniversary show, really hyped for it. 20 people mm. sitting in these chairs and, like, empty. I mean, you could just feel the emptiness. And I just... 
and I didn't have my A guests. They canceled, so it was really a bad. It was my three-year show. I was so depressed. You know, we had a cake and everything, and I just remember feeling like I, I just couldn't hide it. Like I was on stage, just going, "This sucks. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing?" You know, and like vocalizing all this. I ended up bringing these people up from the crowd onto the stage. Like, I don't have a guest, so you know, do you, I'll talk to whoever's in the crowd tonight. I think that's great, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it ended up just being this loose kind of thing. We made it work, but. You know, I was just thinking after three years, all the things. I've done, you know, right. How? Why this am I? I've, this is what yeah, I've. Uh, this is how it's up re- regressed to this yeah. point. So yeah, but some people can go out there and whatever. Hey, three year anniversary, just put on the show. But to me, it's it rings false. I'm the type of guy like Andy Kindler, who's one of my heroes. He does the same thing. I mean, he's gonna acknowledge it if there's. <laughs> Andy Kindler goes, welcome to my half half a house tour. I feel right. half a house. It's ladies' night. You can put your hand back to the empty seat left, left of you. You put your jacket to the empty seat to the right of you. Stretch out. Plenty of room. <laughs> totally. I mean, that's funny to me. Self-deprecation, being in the moment. So totally. that's the way I go. On the other hand, you have like Will Ferrell at SNL who was just like, something's going to tank. I'm going to go harder. Right. And just like really ring out those laughs, which is the thing too. Yeah. And they're the guys who just go and you can maybe call it delusional, but they just go for it and they're not acknowledging anything that if their bits aren't doing well or not that confidence that smile some people respond to that like you know if you're just confident right mm-hmm. you'll get through it right yeah. and and it, it to me i guess they're just different types of audiences some audiences want to see someone confidently push through anything and they're gonna they're gonna like fall in line and just kind of be hypnotized by that trance yeah and others like if i was in the audience watching someone up there i'd be like this guy knows he's not doing well right he knows, like he just dropped his microphone. He didn't talk about that. There's feedback. Why is he mentioning that? Like, right. as an audience member, that's what I would be thinking. Right. I'd be this guy's crazy right. if he's not going to mention what's the disaster that's happening right now. Right. I think so, I'm closer aligned with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I am as a performer then, because I'm not going to then turn around and pretend everything's going great when it's not. I don't know how we got talking about this, but well, uh, I mean, so we had we had a gig once, and we've you know we sold out shows. Yeah. But we. Had, I was there. I know. I know. We had a show in Brooklyn at this place that was like a railroad, mm-hmm. like it, it's not a theater, but they do perform comedy there. And this place was it maybe fit like twenty. Yeah, and and they kept pushing us back because it was a special event for the guy who was running it, and like he was like, oh, this guy just showed up, and they kept pushing us back. We ended up being the last act of the night. I think someone else canceled, and we ended up being the last act of the night. And there were two people in the audience, like literally two people in the audience by the time we went up and we performed and we performed the shit out of it, I think, in this tiny space. And then we're like, there was no one in the room. And we're just like, I guess I guess that's it. Like the, yeah, the host we, wasn't even there. Like We didn't have an, anybody to hand our mic off to. Yeah, we were just really, like, OK, just like gently plays on the floor. Yeah. And someone in the back was like, yo, play Sugar High. And we're like, we're oh, like, oh, someone actually knows us here, wow. which is great. Didn't like, you know, mean anything. Yeah. But and that night it's just like, well. Let's just lock this away and, and right. move past it. You just so, have to lock and, it up. So did you commit to a lot of open mics, a lot of stages down in D.C.? Did you do like... So not too much. So after that, I got to be honest, after that, my second show ever, which was the same material and it did not get well received, and I was driving from Baltimore in the snowstorm. My buddy John Gillen drove me down. We almost killed ourselves <laughs> getting there. I was worth just, it. I, yeah, it was yeah, worth it. Was, was it just, like a planned thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah was like, Were you guys just, holding hands and like... Just, and just drive off the bridge. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No man, it was um, it was depressing, and I, I didn't really get back on stage for a while. I guess I, I guess that summer I I didn't perform too much. I really didn't pick it up in, in earnest until I got back to campus. I think I started a stand up comedy club on campus, started doing open mics on campus. The summer of '06 is when I moved to this, went to the city, 
and really started hitting up open mics, hosting an open mic. I met this guy, Josh Filipowski, who was big in the Westchester comedy scene. Mm-hmm. He got me my first paid gig at the Thirsty Turtle in Stanford, Connecticut. Wow, hey. 20 bucks. Been there. Yep, 20 bucks to host <laughs> Not a show. Not for comedy, though. Not for comedy. No, I've been that's... there to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have been drinking more that night. That was, my parents were there. You know, I, like a lot of performing for my parents and three other barflies, like at the Great American Pub in White Plains. Oh, and all my these, God. Like, weird yeah. Westchester, ha- you know, hangouts. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, Great American Pub. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was slowly getting into it. And then that summer, though, was really formative because that's when I met my heroes, you know, at Rafifi. No, no you going. knew us. <laughs> <laughs> a Waste of Time with It's The Reels 12 Days of Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Def Jam who have been bringing you the most dope hip-hop and R&B releases this holiday season. Listen, I'm no dummy. Some people like to skip the advertisements on podcasts. I get it. You want to hear Scott Rogowski finish his story about setting trees on fire as an adolescent? Cool. These ads are the lifeblood to this podcast, but that's fine. Assuming you're using that button where you can skip ahead a few seconds, I'll adapt as well. So here we go. Jeezy has a new album called Pressure. A lot of features. Two Chains, Rick Ross. Trey Songs, Tory Lanes. Kendrick, J. Cole. Puffy, T. Grizzly. Inspiring words, slamming beats, classic Jeezy. Available now on all streaming services. And go to Jeezy Shop right now to get exclusive merchandise bundles and get ready for his 31 City Cold Summer Tour with T Grizzly starting in February. If you don't get this album, you're a fool. A big fool. A fast forwarding fool. A big fast forwarding fool. So don't be. Snow fucking go. So you went to Rafifi's, which is like Rafifi a like a became, very like you know um that's like where Nick Kroll and Nick Kroll, Joe Mandy, Joe Mandy, and, mm-hmm. no yeah no Joe and Joe Mandy, Noah Garfinkel had their totally JK show. Nick mm-hmm. Kroll and John Mulaney had their oh hello, hello. show. Yeah. Greg Johnson's Thursday night show. There was Tuesday night of Amazing Adventure with Andre Dubouchet. I mean, I went almost every night, and you know every night they had comedy going on. I got to perform. I was on Oh Hello. No kidding. August two thousand six. With Nick and John and their characters. Wow. And I How was, did you get on there? I, that was just a lot of greasing palms, you know? Greasing <laughs> Nick Kroll's palms, because Nick Kroll is the Westchester connection. Right. right yeah. I was right. Yeah, I was sort of, you know, my parents, his parents, he went to the synagogue, blah, blah, uh, blah. Yeah, I yeah. kind of was, you know, I was 21 years old, and I was like, look, guys, I'm doing comedy. I'm really trying to do this. I had my little five minutes, and, and he was like, all right, well, yeah, we'll put you on. We'll put you on. So, you know, middle of August. You know, not 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 the hot spot for comedy, and the first guy on the show. But whatever, I didn't care. I was thrilled, that and counts, that was yeah. huge. And like they made fun. Yeah, you know, I did my five minutes, and then they made fun of me for five minutes and their characters, which is kind of what they would do. Um, and you know, I remember there was the, like, "What's your what's your MySpace?" I'm like, "I don't have MySpace." <laughs> like, you need a web presence. You need a web presence. <laughs> but uh, this is MySpace. It was big in 2006. Yeah. So I I was doing that open mic in the trenches. But that was, I was still in college at that point. I went back to school senior year and then graduated 07. Moved in. I met these two comedians through my open mic forays: Nick Maritato and Sean O'Connor, who went on to write. For Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. and then he's been on Conan a few times. You know, yeah, he's 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 a big comedy guy now, um, and Nick's doing well in New York. And we all three of us lived in Bushwick off the J train, 
Gates Avenue, like not cool Bushwick. <laughs> yeah. And this was 2007. It was not nothing going on. It, it was emerging. Oh, uh, not yet. Not yeah. even man. But I was paying 4.75 a month. Wow. Really? 4.75. Yeah. This was, dude. This is not off the L. This was not cool. There was, was it like a real apartment? It was. <laughs> it was barely an apartment. I mean, my room was a little tri- scaling triangle. Yeah. Of a room, <laughs> and a bare, like a small little window facing a brick wall, and uh, it was not. It was not ideal. But I toughed it out. Oh, then someone did get murdered in the next door to us. Oh, cool. Was and it I, one of your roommates? It, it was It was a, sta- a Was it a murder mystery? A murder mystery. Who done it? Yeah. <laughs> it was Colonel Mustard in the, in the efficiency. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, was, it was not great. I, I, moved, I, I moved every year for the first six years I lived in Brooklyn. Oh, moving oh, is the worst. Different apartment. That's every why I never year. move. Yeah. No, you guys are stuck here at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my coffin. You're gonna, yeah, so you're gonna, how many gigs would you do a night? We would do, you know, I wasn't the most, um, you know, tenacious about it. I would probably try to, I try to get like three a week or something. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't, there were the guys doing three or four a night, every right. night. I'd go out, we hang out, try to get booked. We do these Tuesday night open mics at the pit. Um, you know, there, there's a really crappy one, like Village Lantern, at like 2 a.m. you're getting on stage. I mean, really, but I, I just, I was always very nervous. Mm-hmm. I was always very uh, conscious about you know, how I appear to my peers and like how I'm coming off. And I didn't think I was very funny and my jokes weren't, you know, everyone's doing a different type of comedy. And I was, I was telling, telling jokes like about where I was living, you know, I would say like, yeah, I live, I live in Bushwick off the J. I wouldn't say we're the only white people in the neighborhood, but we're the only white people not teaching for America mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. <laughs> and like those kind of jokes, like, you know, most people just stare at me blankly. I thought that's kind of funny. I think funny yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but I was all tourists. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes you do those gigs. I mean, yeah. I would bark oh. at the Sage, the Sage Theater in Times Square. It's like Dinky Theater on the second floor in Times Square. You know, next to like a you know jailbreak your phone place. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, Sam Morell and I. He hosted with Harrison Greenbaum. But Sam, I just went to his hour special. Wow. taping for Comedy Central. Amy Schumer presents Sam Morell. Wow. This guy is like one of the funniest dudes going. And Sam and I started out. We would bark. And do these do you shows guys like comedy, right? yeah. all that, like handing out flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, like, you like comedy, you like comedy. You're just dealing with those tours, freezing cold, December. Yeah. What's your best like line for uh, getting people to take a flyer? I would just say, please, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> please, I'm sick. Help a sick boy. <laughs> it's five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> no drink minimum. <laughs> you know, but that's it's 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 a brutal. That's a whole brutal thing. Yeah. But you have to do it. You know. Have you seen HBO's uh, Crashing? I have seen a little bit of it, yeah. Is that does that like ring true to you? Um, having my my having my wife uh, cheat on me, yeah. well, yes, that yeah, part yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. comedian goes through totally. that with some like you know ponytailed hippie. Yeah, uh, no, I mean that that show has to obviously take liberties and kind of accelerate things. Like right. what's he? He's doing like the comedy seller his first week or something. Right. That's not going to happen, but. Um, no, it, it, it's fairly accurate. I mean, he's driving it from Westchester, right, in the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, I think they shot that in Harrison, actually. Yeah, they, they did. The they Richard did. Halpern yeah. Library yeah, gets yeah. featured. <laughs> that's our library, baby. I was like, I was like, that used to be Family Discount right yeah. there. Like, that's a CVS. So they shot also, it. I'm like, that, that, you know, you can't make that turn. <laughs> <laughs> no. they yeah. Just, they just came from that way. That's weird. <laughs> By the way, Eric and I just watched uh, Downsizing, oh. the movie with uh, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon, where he becomes like a small person to... Uh, and gets uh, fired? 
help the world. He does not get fired. So I, I, I haven't seen anything about the movie. I just saw the billboards. So it's not about being losing your job. It's no, literally it's, it's like honey, shrinking, I shrunk. Yes. Honey, I shrunk. Matt Damon. Honey, yeah, I shrunk like uh, uh, you know a portion of the world. Yeah, like a third of society or yeah. whatever. A third of society gets shrunk. Yeah. Well, yeah, but willingly because yeah. they're like, oh, all of my bills are then smaller and it <laughs> yeah. becomes and and we use less. You know, I see. Of the world's resources. Anyway, I had some real problems with the movie. <laughs> yeah. You want to discuss that right now? Yeah. <laughs> if we could talk about it. Yeah. The physics of the movie of if you become small, <laughs> wind will kill you. A bird will kill you. Is not addressed in the movie. Yeah, not addressed in the movie at all. Not addressed. No. In any event. Yeah. Scott. <laughs> so Don't see downsizing. So when... Okay. We have it on DVD. We'll give it to you. Um, when do you... When do you shift your mindset from... Stand up, which is something where you're nervous, you don't like, you know, dealing with your wardrobe, yeah. you all these, you don't. I didn't like know barking. where to put my hands. I would stand on stage, and I didn't know what to take the mic out of the out of the holder, put my hands by the side, leave the mic in, you know, cross my arms. I would actually study people, just say, okay, oh, he's got a drink with him, so I would take a drink on stage, even yeah. though I don't really mm-hmm. drink, and just have something in my hand, so there's something in my hand to occupy, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. Right. It's like, if I'm holding a drink, well, that's something. Like, if you watch, I, that, that that tape of me from Oh Hello is on YouTube still, and I'm holding a beer the whole time. <laughs> I don't think I sip from it once, but, you it's know, a prop. it's just a prop. Yeah. Like, some guys hold cigars, you know, whatever it is. You know who never had these issues? The magician. Yeah. 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 should have <laughs> got done. a dove. He's holding a dove. <laughs> Got rabbits. <laughs> so it, it wasn't necessarily comfortable for you. Yes. How did you decide that you wanted to sit behind a desk? Well, I thought, let me just take a seat, man. Let me just take a seat. You were I Seth Meyers my, before Seth Meyers. I put my hands <laughs> wow. on my lap. Yeah. yeah. I can put my hands on my lap. You can. You don't see my leg shaking, you know. And uh, that was, yeah, I started doing a talk show called 12, 12 Angry, Angry Mascots, Mascots in 2008. So you know what's, it's, what's interesting is our cousin Adam, who lived in the city at the time, went and saw you do that, I think at UCB maybe? That was my very first one at UCB, 2008. Yeah. And only later, when he knew you from your, you know... Running late. Yeah, running yeah. late with Scott Rogowski, was he like, oh, same guy. But, but 12 Angry Mascots was a show with a different type of spin. Yeah, it was a sports comedy talk show, and I was originally hosted with my friend Neil Janowitz. I had this idea for a while. I had the name, 12 Angry Mascots, funny name. Right. Like, what can I do with this? I want to start, and you know, doing stand-up in the city, I, I see all these guys try to do the sports joke every now and again, and they never went over, especially in like the hipster rooms, because no, then no one likes sports. Right. You make a sports reference, no one's getting it. So I was thinking, okay, I like sports. Let me see if I can collate a like sports you know, comedy thing, curate some kind of sports comedy extravaganza showcase, whatever, have people do sports comedy, comedians do sports comedy, interview athletes or sports personalities, do sports sketches. That was the idea. And I met this guy, Neil, who worked at ESPN the magazine, and he had the sports contacts. I had my comedy contacts, and we teamed up and did it for three years. You know, had like Darrell Revis, David Deal, Chris Duhon. Um, Curtis Granderson Curtis Granderson not interview but we did a video with him right. at his apartment yeah. and at the time you were a Yankees fan not a Mets fan I mean, not or a Rockies fan yeah, yeah. yeah. Pirates fan uh, Yomuri Giants fan <laughs> Hiroshima Carp I went to Jap- Japan right? uh, you know there was there was there was something there we thought it never quite caught on with the audience three years though Three years. I mean, we look. We, we definitely did. We were at comics. We were at Gotham Comedy Club. It really depended on the guests, and that and that that's still what it can, comes down to. Even these days, with running late. Like, if it's a guest, people are excited about. It. If you can promote it well, 
you'll come out. You know, mm-hmm. they'll come out for it. So, but running late, you had great guests too. Yeah, I've had, I, and like John Ham, when John Ham does it with John Benjamin, yeah, that's going to sell out three hundred fifty seats. Sure, David Cross and Andrew WK do it. Yeah. So but, when did you kick Neil the fuck out and say, well, you know what? I mean, Neil's still. Neil, so we, we were like both. We, we were dual hosting this thing, yeah. co-hosting two of us behind the desk. It was a little awkward. Neil was never too comfortable on right. stage. It, he, nothing ever works with two hosts, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, he, and he, he just you know he was an improv. He had this Eric's improv. <laughs> But he's like a writer, and look, now he's the editor of Vulture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but he just never felt too comfortable, and it just was an awkward situation when there'd be a guest, and there's three of us out there, and, mm-hmm. you know, we'd step on each other's lines, and so so we eventually made the decision, like, Neil will be behind the scenes still, obviously, producing, writing, and I would be the sole host. Um, and that, you know, worked to an extent as well, but, again, in April 2011, we shut it down after we, we did sell out our final show with Amani Toomer. Nice. At the pit, ninety-five seats sold, and you, you know we th- let's go out on a high note. And uh, that summer, I th- was brewing, and I was thinking, oh, I miss being on stage with the talk show. I, I want to do it again, but my own thing. Hence, running late with Scott Rogowski. And so, how did you get your dad involved? Because no one else was willing to do it. <laughs> no one. No, Wait, did you I ask mean, other people? I I think I did. I, I was did thinking. Your mom say no. <laughs> my mom said no. Initially, I wanted to do, you know, I think Between Two Ferns mm-hmm. was just getting big around this time. And uh, I was thinking it'd be funny to have a video series called just like Dad Chat. <laughs> me and my dad kind of set up the same way and like really bare set and asking him questions like, you know, what is a Roth IRA? <laughs> just like tell me how to be an adult. You know, yeah. if, if I'm parking in a place that says two hour maximum parking and I fill up two hours and then I come back. Could I put another two hours in <laughs> or would that be four hours technically? Like, you know, yeah. tell, tell me, Dad. I don't know. Right, right. You must know these things. He wears a suit. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> wears a suit. He's got to know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like an idea I had to do a video series. I can still see it in my brain. Like I can see it. I can picture it. But I, we never did it. I think it's great. We never did it. Instead, I. Yeah, Eric thought, wants to pick it up. Let's go. Let's pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Greenlit. Instead, instead uh, we, I did the live show and I was like, you want to just be the sidekick and I'll kind of have dad chat incorporated into the show and well how comfortable was your dad obviously your dad does okay well first explain what your dad, dad does in real life right well he up until very recently he's now since retired from public life but he was a county legislator mm-hmm. a politician serving the i believe sixth district of westchester county we were always very excited when he got reelected. yes mm-hmm. yes those lawn signs were everywhere mm-hmm buttons and shirts and Rogowski for county legislator so yeah have have an issue yeah here's a tissue here's a tissue <laughs> his issues were sewer taxes <laughs> Westchester County Airport noise complaints <laughs> but um, you know he did a great job I yeah. think he was the majority leader I think when the Democrats had the majority so yes he was a politician he's a very stiff guy he's I love him to death but he's just like you know he's kind of this cornball um, politician type, yeah. And you know the politician type, very straight, very conservative. But that was the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah, like right. not too comfortable on stage, right? You know. So when you was was he immediately on board when you asked him? Yeah, because he, again, he'll do whatever you want, kiddo. Whatever right. you want. That's his. That's his motto. Like feel you know, bad about running that that hermit crab over. You know? Yeah, he still. It <laughs> all goes back to that. I mean, there's deep trauma there. But uh, now he, you know, he'll, he'll do anything for me. So if I wanted him to ho- sidekick the show, he was going to do it. If, but, he, uh, if you wanted him to bury the neighbor's body, <laughs> bury, bury the body, whatever you want, kid. <laughs> He's not very good with manual labor, so I, he <laughs> yeah. might hire a subcontractor to start digging the hole. Right. But. Uh, but he's good with, you know, he's just good with supporting me. So, yeah. so that's what he's best at. And I mean, I, I might have thought, okay, you know, 
Maybe I can get a comedian to be a sidekick. Someone actually inject actual humor into this. But having my dad, people s- kind of like that dynamic. It's awkward. It's it's weird sometimes when you talk about sex stuff or drug stuff with my dad sitting right there with, with guests and, you know, he'll just <laughs> no comment, no comment. He'll, <laughs> he'll clam up and you can see him, the, the sweat form on the on the upper lip. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's... I mean, it's, did he have, like, any... Like, what what's a moment that, like, you think of when you have, like, a Gene Gray or somebody else who was on stage? Yeah, Gene Gray, Raekwon. <laughs> we had Raekwon on the show and, you know, he's looking at my dad. I mean... <laughs> All the guests love him, but like my dad has no idea who my guests are right. or what they do. Yeah. He doesn't know Raekwon. David Cross. David Cross. You know, I mean, any of these, literally, like we might, like maybe. We might have been the only ones that your dad knew. Possibly yeah. because he yeah. actually knew, you know, Margie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe like Anna Quinlan mm-hmm. or uh, 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 Alan's White Bell, okay. the old yep. SNL writer. But yep. you know, anyone like over 65, my dad would understand. <laughs> So it's just it's a great dynamic because he has no idea what what what, what they do or and um, when I have like a sex blogger as a guest I mean it gets really it gets really fun and what was the most satisfying show oh boy there have been so many great shows you know I mean we had one of the coolest things was having Chris Elliott mm. with his two daughters Abby Elliott from SNL and Bridie Elliott mm-hmm. who's you know, she's in this movie Fort Tilden, which came out a couple years ago. Super funny. She's super funny stand-up and writer. So that was three Elliots on stage together, an evening with the Elliots, we called it, and uh, <laughs> and just, only two Rogowskis. and two Rogowskis. and it was like so having that father uh, son father daughter relationship is always cool. Yeah. to have that, and then Chris Elliott coming out there treating me like Letterman, <laughs> saying, "Dave, you look different. Yeah, yeah, this new tie, you know." <laughs> I mean, it was surreal to yeah. have like Chris Elliott from Late Night <laughs> with Letterman being on, on my show, treating me like Letterman, that, and that was very early on in my run, so I was over the moon. But like, I mean, having Steve Buscemi for forty-five minutes, John Hamm, John Benjamin, you know, it, they're all like David Cross. I was huge having David Cross and Amber Tamlin together. But I mean, even recently, well, you know, Adam Pally or um, Alia Shawkat or you know, like, how are you booking everybody? It's just a lot of. A lot of emailing. A lot of emailing. And also, it's probably... cold calling. Look, we're 10 years into a career of understanding, like, you know, it's sort of like a house of cards. You just keep building and building. It's like, well, we got this person. Exactly. And that proves to, you You hope that works. You hope that works. And if not, just make up some names. (laughs) Right. Now I'm really trying to book Mario Batali. Well, uh, he has some free time. Yeah, seems like a... I want Mario. I want Kevin Spacey. It's a a bear market for all of them. It is. Yeah, it's looking good. I could really get a nice full show. (laughs) Yeah. Bill Cosby closing it out. Yeah, oh, great show. <laughs> no, Bill Cosby. No one's talking about Cosby anymore. All no. these other accusations, and Bill Cosby is skating away. Isn't that right. interesting? <laughs> yes. Really? I mean, he he's he's benefiting from all this. Wait, so he got the mistrial though, right? I yeah, but I think that they can go back to trial. Yeah, right? I think yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. We're just know. waiting it out. Yeah, <laughs> wait it out. So is he? <laughs> yeah. You start the show, and when do you feel there's a real turning point and you can feel some momentum behind it? Still haven't felt that. Never. <laughs> Not e- you got sponsored by the um, by the the suit company. I thought that was something. Alabaster big. and Chess. Yes. Yeah, like Eli Ch- Ruben Chess's cousin, a friend of my. Oh. <laughs> it's like a friend of mine's cousin. Didn't put that together. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's not a big deal. Uh, but Alabaster and Chess, they make great suits, custom made. <laughs> they gave me some nice suits. That's good. We had like a, a promo with Grolsch beer for a couple shows. I mean, you know, but that's not Uber. Early on, was giving out discount codes, but no, these aren't. Look, I got all the press that I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Time Out, New York Magazine, New York One, Bud Michigan, one on one Bud Michigan we Amazing. Had a profile. That was the coolest thing. So I thought, like, when that came out, all right, finally, 
people will notice. But no, it's still a struggle to book pe- to get people to come out to these shows. Well, hard tickets are like a bitch. Yeah, hard tickets are really really hard to to sell. Yeah, you know, in New York, there's just so much going on. So I, I I actually moving to LA was what I wanted to do because I took the show to LA for the first time this year. I remember, yeah. Had Weird Al Yankovic, Joe Manganiello, Andy Kindler, the Sklar Brothers, Reggie Watts, ben big Schwartz, show. big shows, yeah. phenomenal shows. I thought, let me move to LA. I'll be easier to book guests. John Daly, Lauren Lapkus. Like, we had so many people. Nikki Glazer. We had so many great shows. And then. And then HQ came along. Well, hold on. Even before we get to that, you had a you had a spell on ABC. Yeah. With Sashir's right. Demeda. Wow. Do your research. Yeah. Well, I just well, remember. I mean, we, <laughs> we watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we did. We you watched, watched it. it. Uh, it was, yeah. How did that come about? And, and, and what did you think that, was. That was, dude, I'm telling you, everything that's happened to me, it's just been an email. It's just like, <laughs> this guy emails me out of the blue. Hey, I work for ABC. I he must have seen a video or something I did on YouTube. I, you know, I saw some of your videos. I think you're. You don't know where to put your hands. Yeah, yeah. You, you were very nervous. Comfortable. <laughs> we're looking for that. Whatever it was, he's like, I want you to come in and meet with me. We're working on this show. Met with him. I guess I met the executive producer, is Daniel Rossin, and they cast me. They they put me in the show. It was called Would You Fall for That with Nick Watt, who was still part of the GMA family there, and Sashir Zameda, who was coming out of the UCB system. She, this was before SNL. Mm-hmm. So three of us hosting this like social experiment, pop psychology prank show spinoff of What Would You Do? Right. And yeah, we had three episodes airing in the summer of 2013. On a major network. On a ma- ABC primetime following Shark Tank. Yeah. Shark yeah. Tank was the lead in. Friday nights. You know, you couldn't beat that. But Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Rogowski. Yeah. yeah. We have like apparently a few million people watching the show, but you know, three three episodes. All right, that's it. It's over. And then there was like rumors that it was coming back, 2014, and no, nothing. Well, so how how comfortable were you with your improv game at that point? Pretty good. I mean, that was you know that was that was a good experience because we were just screwing with people in the public, and the cameras <laughs> would just roll, and you know, if if I went too overboard with it, they cut it out. But it was fun. It was fun to look. I never went through the improv system. I never took UCB classes. Never did any of that stuff. I've always thought like improv is just. I mean, we're we're improving right now. Mm-hmm. We're having well, a conversation. Well, no, we're improving right now. <laughs> improving, improvising. Yes. <laughs> and. Whatever it is. Yes, and. Exactly. Zip, zap, zoop. Zap. <laughs> Zameda. Well, you find, zip, zap, Zameda. You find the game. You know, you guys are you're great at it, too. Did you ever take classes? No. No. Yeah. We're just like fast-talking, streetwise juice. Right. From, you know, New York City adjacent. <laughs> right. We got we to gotta step up already. <laughs> we got to step it up. We're, we're like, we have to be on our toes and witty and funny. Otherwise, we're yeah. going to get beat up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the bottom line. That's kind of that survival instinct. Like, you just have to keep swimming and, like, rolling with it. Well, and, and by the way, that's also, like, our careers, yeah, you know? exactly it. So, I also remember there were videos that you did and pictures oh, that yeah. went super viral. Yes. So, and like, people most still viral. refer to those. It's funny now, like, with the HQ success, like, we know you, but there's so many people who, quote, unquote, know you now. Right. Who are just, like, and they'll throw up a picture of you on a subway. Reading. Reading. Ass you know, eating. For, all that for kids and we're just like oh yeah that right <laughs> yeah but like that was a big thing you would do these videos uh for lots of different publications or channels mm-hmm. you would do these yeah like brand you know content stuff because you have to make a living right yeah. so over the years made videos for espn comedy central distractify some other company and playboy mm-hmm. gave me this deal so this is one of the videos i made for playboy which was the fake books on subway which you know <laughs> blew up in such a huge way uh Five million views, I think, on YouTube, and then I made a second one on my own channel. I was like, "Screw this! <laughs> <laughs> You're only paying me what right. to make this?" And then, who made the book covers? I did. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it took me about a I had the idea it took me like a year from having the idea to actually I was like all right I should go ahead and actually make these covers and get them printed like that that was the obstacle there because it was just you know that inertia of just I have to actually do this now right right I had all the ideas that's the easy part and who's on the subway with you Two camera guys who yeah. just had a little camera around their neck and <laughs> made it look like they were, you know, tourists. And the entire time, are you, you're reading whatever book is inside. Yeah, the book. Like, bu- the book was reading. R. Crumb. It was a horrible <laughs> R. Crumb book of sketches, like ladder era R. Crumb <laughs> that my roommate had. I just chose it because it was the right size. Yeah, that's true. I wanted a big size, and I had to sit there and read that stupid book. <laughs> Not even reading because it's like you know mostly pictures. Would you take the L? The L train. L. Yeah. Just I back the- and forth. I took the L and then I bounced back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, back and forth, man. Most of the time we, we experimented with like the you know the R train or something, but then we got back to the L because it was easy. You can transfer and go back and forth. And there's a million people at the same time there. So yeah, so you know millions. The second video was even bigger than the first one. Then I did a third one for Trump. They're all on YouTube. You know, book fake book covers on Subway. You can search yeah. for it. But then they became memes on Instagram. Yeah, so where's the craziest place you've seen yourself as a meme? I mean, like Fat Jew put it up. I mean, all those Instagram places put it up. Like a lot, of, I think a lot of gay blogs like flashed onto it because I am reading like ass eating made simple. Or right. it's like when it, like the meme is like you know when he says he when she says he likes a guy who reads or something. When she says she likes a guy who reads or when he says I don't remember. What were the Trump something ones? about that? Oh, the Trump ones. I, we, I, I have so many Trump ones. Like you know, eat, pray, grab pussy is the obvious one. <laughs> Horton Smears a Jew by Steve Bannon, <laughs> The Old Man and the Rising Sea Levels by Scott Pruitt, yeah, yeah. Prejudice and Prejudice by Mike Pence, Women are from, Men Are From Mars, Women Are Fucked by Kellyanne Conway. Uh, I did so many of those Trump ones. Oh, uh, my fa- I think my, one of my personal favorites is, um, so, <laughs> shit, what is it? I'm, and he's the fucking, uh, so, so I get fired, but he's the fucking president? The Billy Bush story. <laughs> Like that to me is the craziest part about all this. Yeah. Billy Bush gets fired. Right. Trump becomes president. It's crazy. It's absolutely and I am screaming into this yeah. podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how many books would you take at once onto the subway? I had a backpack full of covers and just would switch them out. So good. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And then the second one I liked because I had Akilah Hughes, another YouTuber on, on board. So, you know, mix it up a little bit. We had like math for non-Asians. <laughs> Getting into fish, a guide for black people, I and mean, she, you know, she'd read that one, and like, <laughs> it was just nice to expand it a little bit. And I want to do another one still with, you know, like a John Hamm or a Nick Kroll. I'd love right. to get like a celebrity involved yeah. and just raise the profile more. I feel like you have to keep going, uh, upping the ante somehow. And so, at that point, did you feel really good about where you could possibly go? I mean, that was again, you know, no, because look, like. I had a manager at the time, didn't do squat for me. After all that stuff blew up, not a single meeting, not a single way to leverage it, wasn't getting offers. I thought maybe, okay, Jimmy Kimmel might see this, invite me on the show even as a guest or to maybe hire me to write. Oh, look what this guy did. He wrote a, very clever, you know, and hundreds of millions of views yeah, and yeah. it goes viral. I got a lot of interview requests from around the world. That was cool. But, but not not like a, not a single like, oh, hey, we're going to hire you from this or this is clever and we're going to, you know, we, we think you have something, which was really disappointing because, you know, not that I do these things to get a job. I just do them for fun and that one I got paid to do. But um, you think like you demonstrate something there. And then, you know, my manager did nothing. I didn't have an agent and I just. Who is the weirdest person to reach out to you about that? Like anyone from like high school, anybody from. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, people would definitely text. It's been, it's been a couple of years now, man. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got a lot of texts, you know, from numbers I didn't have stored anymore. <laughs> That's when you know. I yeah. mean, it's really happening way more with HQ now. Yeah, this yeah, HQ yeah. thing is just beyond, beyond. So you were ready to move to Los Angeles. Ready to we, move to LA. We ran into you on Houston. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not very long ago. And you were like, hey, we should get dinner before I move to Los Angeles. And yeah. we're like, sounds good. Yeah. So you were on your way. I like it. My apartment. I was all set to go, and then I, around the same time, though, I did get this offer to host this this trivia game show on an app called HQ, and I was like, "All right, what is this? You know, app show? Like, re- is this really where I'm at right now? I mean, maybe this will get me the gas station TV show, the gas <laughs> pump TV, or I want to just back of a taxi cab. Yeah, right. like, let me get in the back of a taxi cab totally. TV, taxi TV app. I thought was even a step below that." <laughs> Turns out I was wrong <laughs> uh, because it's like the biggest thing ever now. So, um, so yeah, it's just uh, I, I decided to take a flyer on the HQ thing and stay in New York for at least a couple months. Then I re-upped when I, you know, look, once I st- got in there and started doing this, it was like, oh, this is very cool. This is going to catch on. I was telling all my friends about it. I was sending them all the beta codes and no one was, and everyone was ignoring it. Like, why are you spamming me? <laughs> and, um, but I, I believed in it and I really, you know, stayed with these guys and, it's been six months now, and finally, in the last month or so, it's really yeah, like hit really that tipping point. Up, yeah, and now it's just this force. I mean, we had seven hundred thousand people last night live watching me read trivia questions. Have you known anybody who's won? Personally, yeah, yeah, I've known some friends. I mean, early on, it was like still a lot of friends of mine in the game. So yeah. you know, now not so much anymore. But um, what was the real jump? The real because you were getting twenty thousand or thirty. Well, yeah, it was like I mean, when I remember getting to a thousand was a huge deal. You know, I I was thinking in my head back in August. You know, I was like, if we can get to fifty thousand people by January first, even September, I was like, fifty thousand by January first, I'll consider this a success. I'll stick around. I'll re up with them. We're seven hundred thousand last night. So it's just yeah, I can't even comprehend. It. I'm getting I got stopped twice on the way here. Crazy for selfies and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's you know, it's taking an adjustment. I'm very tired all the time. I can't sleep. Really? Yeah, and I can't sleep because I'm thinking about the quiz. I got to do these things twice a day. Yeah, and then running around doing a lot of press and stuff. Do and they have uh, writers? No. So you're they have, doing... ri- they have writers who write the quizzes, right. the actual trivia. And they'll throw like little factoids in, and I, you know, and I just sort of look at it and write my own jokes, or I just, you know, figure out how I want to approach it. Which which Talking Heads song or Fish song I can squeeze in there, or some, you know, Cameron lyric or something. Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. A lot of that. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm trying to like do, you know, themed. Yeah. I'll just like I'll, I'll just like throw in like a do that do that do do that 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 or a, oh my gosh oh my gosh just throw that in every once in a while you know why not. <laughs> um. The Hanukkah might have been the first night of Hanukkah suit. Yes, um, which was just Hanukkah suit. A, a, the the Israeli flag from Shinesty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this company out in Colorado. They make these amazing suits. They sent me some holiday suits, and that got a lot of attention. Yeah, I bet Shinesty. I bet. What was the one time you can think of where technology sort of got in the way and you had to just improv? Yeah, and- that happens quite frequently. <laughs> Didn't that happen on your birthday? It might have. There, yeah, there might have been like a delayed show on my birthday. Yeah, yeah, I think so. There have been some. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the system sometimes can't handle the traffic. Like this thing blew up so fast that that w- the team wasn't ready for it. You know, <laughs> and they're working on an Android release, which is going to double. I mean, imagine that seven hundred thousand. That's <laughs> Apple only, iPhones only right Crazy. now. That's going to instantly double. 
when this thing becomes Android ready. Because now it's like a new story. Coming to Android, coming to Android. Everyone's hyped about it, primed for it. You're like Facebook. We're going to have, yeah, but we're going to have like 2 million people it's in like cra- a couple weeks. It's crazy. Yo, the savage questions are going to be Savage, bonkers. dude. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the community who is in love with you? Dude, you know. Yeah, they call you daddy, daddy in the comments. Daddy, when 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 Je- so Jeff Jeff joined it first, yeah. and there's people who I I'm saw always who were early on it. everything. Well, you yeah. know, Jay Ersner, shout out to Jason Ersner, yeah. was on it early. Um, but Jeff in this in this in this apartment was number one. Yeah, nice. Jeff Jeff put me on, and he was like, "Watch this, everyone's gonna go crazy for Scott." And if you were not there, they yeah. were gonna be equally crazy that you were not there. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's I guess part of it is just the fact it is like. Not to compare it to a dad, but you know, if you grow up with somebody, if, if if you grew up on the app, so to speak, and I was the guy, been the main host throughout all those months. If there's a new person, like where did dad go? Like who is this guy? Who he step out for cigarettes? Is he coming back? So I understand that sort of element. And these look, and there are a lot of kids playing the game. I mean, I think these are people who are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old calling, you know, me daddy. So, <laughs> I, you know, I can't fault them too much. I guess I am a father figure. Maybe they they they, they had some father issues at home or whatever. No, I don't know what it is. There's a whole internet daddy culture that I think that goes beyond it. It does yeah, yeah. get a creepy because they're all like 20, 22-year-old girls who are also doing it. Are you ever surprised at the amount of people, even if it's like a thousand people who get like one question wrong? Who are like, yes. wait, Jimmy Fallon? I saw one that was the- I saw one the other day. It was like, uh, what 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 is not used in tea? And it was Red Bush. Black Bush yeah. or George Bush. Right. Red Bush, Honey Bush, George Bush. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And like yeah. a couple thousand people chose George Bush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, maybe some people are just flicking the, hitting the wrong thing by well, accident. Think, is there is there a big non-English community? There could be. There could be. They just I, enjoy I, your face. <laughs> possibly. I don't know. I don't have access to the numbers, but, you know, there are... I actually think there's a large like six-year-old population. I mean, I really do because I hear from people, oh, my five-year-old loves it. Why is your five-year-old on this thing? How is he ever going to understand? Because he's going to win $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. It's like child labor. Like Everybody getting their phones. Yeah. Just like monkeys tap, typing in right. a typewriter. Right, right, right. So I think a lot of it, a lot of those people who, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people thought the Titanic brought over the pilgrims from England, mm-hmm. you know, Which, on our Thanksgiving yes. quiz. Yeah, right. Like Titanic, <laughs> you know, that so, was... <laughs> um, but that being said, is there a good strategy to winning, do you find? People are, at this point, Googling. They're trying to Google as quickly as possible. <laughs> I think people are creating bots to win. I mean, you know, that's to but me, that's cheating. But strategies to win, not really. You just have to be, I would say, get get a group together. Because mm-hmm. get, get your friend who's into gaming. Get your gamer friend, your sports head, you know, your music guy, your film buff. Like, yeah. assemble your Ocean's Eleven team. Right, exactly. Well, because... Karamanica and I were talking with you at Eric's birthday, and we were talking about how gamers, I th- we think, might have like the biggest advantage because that's like one thing that always seems to throw off right. half the population. Right. It's yeah. like, well, what is this? Like, right. um, but then you know. they also don't. Would they also know that Jane Pratt founded Jane Magazine? Right. You know, maybe well, not. Maybe you know you're underestimating a lot of gamers <laughs> and their interests. Maybe hey, woke gamers out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think it was about you that attracted? the people who were looking for you? Uh, from what I've heard from my bosses, like they just like my voice, which mm. is so strange because I've always hated my voice in a way. Like I didn't think it's a comedy voice. What? I, yeah, I just... It's it, a Jewish nasal voice. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, but you, you, when, when, you, when you see other comedians, 
Like I think Dave Attell has a great comedy voice. Like mm-hmm. he just sounds funny. Yeah. You know? And John Mulaney's got his thing. And then like you know, certain people have a voice that just works for comedy. Well, you can't tell me that Freeway is a is a is a bad rap voice. He has a unique rap voice, but it's not your traditional. Well that's you true. Know? Yeah, Lil Yachty, is that a good rap voice? Right. I mean yes. he's successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Yes. Per- Favorite rap voice of twenty seventeen. King of the teens. <laughs> Lil Pump. So they liked your they liked your voice. They liked my voice, and I, I guess they just liked that I could. Um, I guess whatever I brought my whatever I brought in my audition. I guess I was improvising, and, and they just kind of liked my presence and whatever. I, I don't know. How man. much has changed for you in these past months on camera? Nothing. The same really. thing. It's just been the that's, that's that's sort of the easy part. Is it more streamlined for you? It's it, it's it's um. It's really like it really hasn't changed much. I'm still talking to a camera. There could be 40 people there or 400,000 people, and it's still the camera and me in a room with the guy running it. And uh, so that hasn't changed too much. I mean, there's you can let the pressure get to you, but I don't really think about it. I mean, 700,000 people, you just you just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And it helps that they're not there. I mean, right. I can't imagine being you know. <laughs> well, no, but but you are aware of the amount of number because and yes, the, I the do amount say of people it. because you say like, oh, yeah. oh, this many people got it wrong. This many and, people. And are initially, when it. when we first got to like the. Hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, you can almost hear me in those in those games going. And there are two hundred and ten thousand people. Like, holy! Like, I'm saying to myself, "Holy shit!" That's, yeah. You know, that's two Michigan big houses. You yeah. Know? I mean, there's no stadium in the world that can fit that many people. Right. So now, what are the incoming emails and calls like? I mean, it's 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 nonstop, man. Like, I want people want to send me stuff. People want me to go on their podcasts. You know. Like, I mean, I said yes to you guys because you're paying me so much I money. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I can't pass up this kind of it, offer. That's called Jewish guilt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we oh. ran over yours. <laughs> <laughs> but like the other podcasts who can't afford me, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing theirs. Um, but it's, but it's all flattering. It's all good. I just have to figure out how to fit it all in. Sure. Get right. a haircut and go to the doctor and, you know, try to eat lunch. Which try. I forgot to do. You just yeah. have to try. You know, I, ate, I ate at 5.30 today. That was that's, good. You know yeah. what that's called? Improvising. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Has Kimmel called yet? Kimmel has not called, but Jimmy Fallon has played HQ. Really? There's live. He, he streamed it on Instagram, him and the Roots sitting around playing HQ, freaking out. He loved the Sid Barrett question. He got this. There's an answer about Sid Barrett. He got that one right. And uh, So put it out into the air. That you was should, cool. No, you I know. should be we, on I the think Tonight we, Show. We did. We put that out there. Look, that could happen. I mean, could be in the next couple months, could be a guest on the Tonight Show on Jimmy Kimmel. Could be. I've already done Good Morning America. CBS Sunday Morning had a piece. Today Show had a piece. NBC Nightly News had a piece. So I the, know. The, well, we know because our aunt lets us know yes, about all exactly. this. Yes, exactly. Your aunts will let you know about this. She did. She did. Fox Hartford, Fox Five Hartford, oh. had a Skype interview with me. Look the for, insurance capital of the world. That's gonna drop. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hartford, Hartford Insurance. Well, the, Scott. I mean, look, we're we're thrilled to to have seen everything that's happened for you, especially in the last three or four months yeah. since you said you were gonna decamp out. To, I mean, I was ready to quit, dude. You know, it, I yeah. It's it's this business is just brutal. Like we've been doing it for so long, and you never know what's gonna pop. And it was the book covers initially. I never thought that was gonna hit the way it did. And then this really took me by surprise. And you know, it's just uh, you got to do the work. If there's an advice portion to this, yeah, yeah, it would say it's not. You know, there's an over. Overnight success. All of a sudden, Scott Rogowski, overnight success. But you guys know mm-hmm. that we've known you. You know, a lot of overnights. You. Yeah, a lot, a lot of overnights. Of overnights. <laughs> we believed in you ever since you were three. A lot of sleepless right. nights. Yeah. yeah, Scott, we're just. But glad. you guys were the first guests on Running Late with Scott Rogowski. We yeah. were October twenty second, two thousand eleven, with Joe Mandy. Go. So Scott, we're glad that you came up here and kicked it like Nomar Garcia Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mia, Mia kicks it. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Love you guys. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric. You're Jeff. We are It's The Real. No apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called The Waste of Time with It's The Real. And these are the 12 days of podcasts. Jeff, if people want to find out more about our upcoming show at SOBs on January 10th, 2018, where can they go get tickets? You can get tickets at itstherreal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. No apostrophes, no spaces. You can always find all of our old episodes and our new ones on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are also on soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. If you want to find any of our music, we are on Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Apple Music, title any streaming service go search for teddy bear fresh by it's the real if you want to listen to all of our music on soundcloud you can also go to soundcloud.com slash it's the real we are also on instagram at it's the real facebook at it's the real twitter at it's the real on snapchat we are it's it's the real on twitch we are it's the real it's the real because it's the real was taken and fuck whoever took it we are coming for your kids Jeff, 2018, the movement is to double this podcast. We want everyone out there to tell one friend about A Waste of Time with It's The Real, and let's make this podcast everything it can be. We know that it starts with us, so we like to tell our friends, fans, and family to spread the word. Jeff, who do you want to shout? I want to shout out a couple people that have DM'd us on Instagram saying how much they like the Styles and Chic episode. I want to shout out RJM Multimedia, and I want to shout out Fern Beasy. Fern Beasy has been devoted to all 12 days of the podcast so shouts to them i want to shout out jeff a ton of people who have chimed in on twitter about that styles and chic episode two jews and two black dudes review the movies these people were so passionate about this episode and everyone is jumping in our comments saying please keep it going guys we already promised you that we would i don't know why you have to announce that you're going to starve yourself until we do another episode we promise it's on the way anyway shout out to isaac black chili gonzalez heck diddy gordo de hud silver surfer with a C in silver, Salvage Chris, Richie 44, Sheeta, OG245, Andy Warhove, Michael Holden, Mr. Part 2, Ponytail PHX, The Immortal INFNT, I don't know if that's Infant, Young Lex 1, Andrew Barber, Emily O. Estevez, Calvin Rashoud, My Mic's on Fire, and Mark Easy, and that's just right up to when we are recording this right now. I'm sure there's a ton more people that I haven't even checked on. Everybody loves that episode. If you have not gotten a chance yet, go back and check out episode one of Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies. It is super funny. It's a lot of fun. And hey, hopefully you find one or two recommendations that you've never heard of that you can go watch right now on Netflix. As always, Jeff, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This episode of the 12 Days of Podcast has been sponsored by the good people of Def Jam, who have dropped Jeezy's Pressure on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Pandora, and on JeezyShop.com. Go get some merch. Go cop some tickets to his cold summer tour with T Grizzly. Go write a thousand Instagram comments on how you hope Jeezy is coming to perform in Brazil. Jeezy's got some amazing features on his album, and so do we on our episode tomorrow with Lola.